Hello. We are excited that you have decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku under the Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street, Bergaw, North Carolina, 28425, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to give a donation, you can go to our website and click the donation button at www.mtdm.org. We live by the faith of the Son of God who loves us and who have died for us. Now, fathers, I open my mouth to teach your people. I thank you that you have already filled it. I thank you for giving me the tongue of the learned this morning that I may speak a word in season to those who are weary. I thank you, Father God, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge of you on this morning. I thank you that my heart and our hearts are enlightened, God, on this morning, God, so we may know what the hope of your calling is and what the riches of your glory is that you have in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards us for today who believe according to the working of your mighty power which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in heavenly places. Quicken us today according to your word. And I thank you for illumination and light coming from your word. And I thank you for my helper, my teacher, my standby, my God on the inside, which is the Holy Spirit. God, we give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would, open your Bibles to Romans, the 13th chapter, beginning at the 11th verse. And let us hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say unto his church on today. And we want to give honor to God for his word on today because his word is what keeps us. His word is what quickens us and what brings life to us. The word of God now reads in Romans, the 13th chapter, verse 11. And do this and do this, knowing the time that now is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in rivalry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. You may be seated. I want to talk about it's time to awake out of sleep. When I was before the Lord, the Lord was telling me, he said, it's time for the church to wake up. He said, it's time for the church to wake up. We are the church. You got to know that if you're born again and you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, we are his representatives here on this earth to re- represent him, to reflect him, his way of doing, his way of being. When we reflect opposite of him, we are reflecting the world, and that's not who we are. We are in the world, but we do not do what the world does. We are in the world, but we do not do what the world does. 
when the Lord presented that to me, when he said it's time for the church to wake up. Now he's talking to the church. He's not talking to sinners because they're already in the world. They're already doing what the world is doing. But he said it's time for the church to wake up out of sleep. So I want to get into this. And God is just so good because um, I was telling Athea because I was hearing a song. It's, it's ready or, or ready or be ready. And I'm like, Lord, I don't even know where that song is. It ain't even in my phone. I said, Athea, have you heard this song? She said, yeah. She said, yeah, Gloria played it one Sunday school. I wasn't in Sunday school. Only thing I knew is I was hearing what the Lord was saying about a song. That whole song is covering my message. This is why, as a church, we need to wake up. We need to be able to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is telling us for the times that we're in. And the thing that everybody should know is that when the Word of God go forth, if you have not been in the Word to hear what God is saying to you when somebody is bringing forth the word, bringing forth life, you may not understand where they're coming from because you have not been there. You have not meditated on it. You have not got revelation on it. So it's going to have you pondering. It's going to have you wondering, is that really what the word is saying or that's not what the word is saying? But when you're in the spirit and you're grabbing hold to spiritual things because you are a spiritual being, you're going to know what's right and you're going to know what's not right. You're going to know what a person is bringing forth, whether it's of God or whether it's of man. This is why you have to be in the word of God. So I said, Lord, you want me to teach this. Show me where you want me to go in your word. And God was taking me so many places. I'm not going to put all of it on you today, but I'm going to go as far as the Holy Spirit will allow me to go. When I got to that first verse and do this knowing the time. So I stopped there because we got to know the times that we're in. We got to follow through with what's going on around us based on what the word of God is saying. So before I go there, look up in your Bibles to verse 8 and the same chapter. The Bible say, oh, no one, anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there is any other command, commandments, all are summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is fulfillment of the law. So before I can even go into what I'm going into today, God said, I want you to go above that because when you go into what you're going in today, it says, and do this. So love covers everything. When you have the love of God in you, you will not steal. You will not murder. You will not bear false witness. You will not be doing any of these things against anyone because of the love of God. So love is going to cover a multitude of sins. None of us in this room that has accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior cannot say you cannot love your worst enemy. Because if you say that, then you better check your salvation. 
Because what love does, love don't murder, love does not hate the love of God. See, this is how you know you're truly born again when people hurt you, when they ridicule you, when they talk about you, when they lie on you, you still feel love coming up through you. And the reason why you're feeling that love is because it's not blocked. See, you have a heart of love, which comes from God. God has given you love. He has shed love um, in your heart through the Holy Ghost. The love of God is shed abroad in your heart through the Holy Ghost. So if you're having a problem loving anybody and you're born again, you better check your salvation. And I mean you better check it quickly. No matter what a person do or how they do it, the love of God should flow through. I taught several Sundays ago dealing with the heart. See, we have the heart of God, but if the heart of God is blocked with foolishness, when it's blocked with hate, that's not who God is. The Bible said, for God so loved the world. He knew the world was tore up. He knew that sin was in the world. But in spite of how he knew the world was, he loved the world so much. He said, I don't even have nobody on this earth to die for the world. He said, so I'm going to come down off of my throne and I'm going to come in the flesh born through a virgin and I'm going to lay down my life for the whole world because they can't save themselves. So I'm going to save them by shedding my blood. So without the remissions of sin, there is no shedding of blood. He did all of this for us. That's what love does. He knew it was murderers in the world. He knew it was people that was committing adultery. He knew all types of sin that was in the world. He knew hate. He knew all of this. He said, but in spite of all of this, I'm going to show you what love does. So the key is love. And when we love We can get over hate, even though we're hurting. So I want to share that with you before we go into this. So he say, knowing the time. This is what we have to understand, the time that we're in. We know on the news they have different events and things that's happening all over the world. But if you're in the Bible, you're going to know what time it is. What time is it? You're going to know. What time it is. Go with me to Matthew 24 beginning at verse 3. And that's the first thing I'm going to talk about. Because you cannot. See when you go into a verse of scripture. You got to know what that scripture is actually saying. You just don't read it and move forward. You're going to have to stop and understand what God is saying. You cannot take that scripture. The word of God literally. You cannot take it according to the flesh. You got to take the scripture according to the spirit and then God will back up what he's saying and then you will get an understanding before you present it. We don't present things because we think we know. We present by the spirit of God. So it says knowing the time. What is he saying? When you look in Matthew 24, 3, it says, now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples, remember this, he was talking to the disciples It was more than 12 disciples. Jesus had many followers. He had many learners of Christ. They came to him privately saying, now check this y'all. This is why 
You have to have Bible studies. This is why you have to have training when you're born again. You have to have someone that God has given you to sit up under, to be trained in the things of God. To know what the word of God is saying, you have to know these things. We got too many people going around saying, God called me into this and God called me into this or that and haven't been trained properly. And this is why you see so many churches set up on corners. You see so many people going in and out of these places because they're prophesying a car, a house, a man, or doing things, or acting like they're doing deliverances, or doing this, that, or the other. And that's what people want. Do you know why people want that? Because the body of Christ have gotten lazy. They just want somebody like a psychic. They use the church like going to a psychic. They use the church to go into to say, let me see what they have to say to me. I'm so depressed. I'm going through. My husband ain't acting right. My children ain't acting right. My dog ain't even acting right. My money ain't acting right. So I want to go up in there and see if she or he or somebody can give me a word so I can calm down because I just can't make it no more. I want them to speak into my life. Matter of fact, am I going to have a husband? Am I going to have a house? Am I going to have a car? Do I need to do this or do I need to do that? What you need to do, first of all, is develop your relationship, your fellowship with God. And see, if you don't have people that you are up under teaching you those principles, something is wrong. You got to know your new identity. You got to know who you are because it is familiar spirits that's going into homes of people that don't think they need to go into the churches to be taught or don't think they need to go into Bible study. They think they know more than anybody else. A familiar spirit will open up something to you that's not God. And you will take it because it make you feel good. Because it make you think that you have received more revelation than your pastor have. Or think that you're more educated or more knowledgeable. And then you'll try to come behind the pastor doing it sneakily to ease something in. Oh, I'm going there today. You better know what you're getting. You better know who you're getting it from. And the first place is the word of God. The more time you spend with God, he will not let no one fool you. He will bring what's in darkness to light. So this is what Jesus done. He sat down privately with his followers to teach them, to give them instructions. He said, saying, tell us when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Now remember, some people look at this and say, oh, he was talking to them way back when. No, he's talking to you right now. The Bible is speaking to you right now. So this is what he said. The first thing he said that's going to happen. And Jesus answered and said to them, I had to stop right there because the Holy Spirit was nudging me. And Jesus said and answered them. Some of y'all feel as if he talked to other people, but he don't talk to me. I'm hearing people say what he said to them, but I don't hear him talking to me. The reason being is because you're too anxious. You won't sit still long enough. You won't spend time with him long enough 
to hear exactly what he's saying. And if you don't spend that time with him, it's going to be, he's going to be off in a distance. Have you ever been sitting down and all of a sudden, you know, you're hearing something, but it's so far off that you're hearing it, but yet you're not hearing it. Have anybody been in that situation? It's so far, it's faint. That's how his voice has become to some of us. It has become so faint that even a hearing aid won't pick him up. Because we don't spend as much time with him as we do with other people and other things and other situations. The more time you spend with him, the more keen you are with with what's going on around you. Some people tell me, I believe I'm hearing, you act like you know everything. Everything we ask, you come up with something else. Everything you say is always no. Because see, I'm hearing And it may not sound good what I'm saying, but if I'm telling you what I'm hearing, you should trust the God in me to know I'm not going to lead you astray. It may not be what you want to hear, but sooner or later in the by and by, you entering the very spot that God said, don't go in. Then you go back and think about what maybe I said or somebody else said to you. And you said, I should have listened. But guess what? It's too late because you already entered that. But God is still there for you. Because he said, I'll never leave you, nor shall I forsake you. I will be with you even until the end. Even though we mess up, God is there to pick up, pick us up, even in our mess up. And that's what I want you to remember. He loves you so much. He knew. He knew you were going to mess up. He knew you weren't going to listen to him. Why? Because your life is written. Everything about you is written. He even know what's going to happen today. He even know who you're going to cuss out today. He know who you're going to slap today. He know who you're going to lie to today. He know what you're thinking. He know everything about you. He said your life is already written. You're just entering into another day for that day to play out what's already. Come on, somebody. And do you know what we do? We worry about tomorrow. But God said tomorrow has enough troubles of itself. He said, so why are you in tomorrow? Just stay in today and trust me for the day that you're in and we won't have all these worries. But God is saying that Jesus answered them. So if you're asking him a question, you can surely believe that God is already answered. Because Jeremiah said, Let me go here. It's Isaiah. Oh, God is so good. Isn't he good? When you do exactly what he tells you to do, God will bring back scriptures to your hearing to back up what he's saying. This is why we need to listen at what God is saying. Not only listening at what he's saying, but do what he's saying. Is it 64 or 65 that he says, why are you yet um, speaking? I hear. 6524, it says, it shall come to pass that before they call, y'all, this is a promise. I will answer. Let me say it again. Before you call, you can be assured that God will answer. And while they're still speaking, I will hear. So God hears you. But our problem is we're thinking he doesn't. 
And let me tell you why. This is the first thing that Jesus said. And he answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. The devil deceives through people. The devil need a body. He needs someone to whisper lies to that can go out and tell those lies. So the first thing about knowing the times is deception. And when we look at deception, remember how I say you will hear, God don't hear you. God ain't listening to you. You got to know who's speaking. Or God don't love you. Look at what you're doing. See, that's why you need to back up what's being said with the word of God. It's deception. When deception is in play, that means it's someone misleading you. It's someone telling you something that's not true. That's what deception is. Some of us do not know a truth from a lie. Some of us are so stuck in being stubborn that if truth hits you in the face, you wouldn't recognize it. And the reason being because if you sit home all day long and meditate on a lie, on what somebody told you, you're going to believe it's true even though somebody is telling you that's not true. But you're going to steady believe that lie because you build it up over many years ago. About that person. So you're thinking it's still true. People are subject to change. You don't go on who they were then. You go on who they are now in Christ. People are subject to change. So you can't go on this person is still like this. Or this person still have this. You're not in that person's house y'all. That's deception. You can't live in my house and I can't live in your house. So we need to stay out of everybody else's house. Just because you see somebody with something, that don't mean they got a lot of money in the bank. Just because they got some new weave in their hair, don't mean that they bought it. Stay out of, see this is deception. What the enemy wants you to believe is, okay, they're driving around in a new car and they can't even pay tithes. Guess what? That ain't their car. But the enemy wants us to come to those conclusions because he's about hate. He is not about love. So we come up with our own conclusions because what we see a person have. We don't know how that person got that. We don't know if that was given to that person. But what we do, we go run our mouths. I'm talking about deception, y'all. I ain't even talking about me. But maybe God wanted me to bring this out just in case somebody is talking about me. (laughs) Or you. So we see how deception works. When you see somebody with something, you come up with your own conclusion because the devil is always speaking lies. Why is he always speaking lies? Because the Bible says that he is a murderer from the beginning. And even Jesus said, you are with your father because he is a liar. He, He was a liar from the beginning, a murderer, and he abodes from the truth. Why did Jesus tell them this? He said, because I'm telling you truth. 
And you don't even want to believe what I'm saying. So I know we ain't serving the same father. My father's about truth. Your father's about lies. And I'm coming from the father. To give you truth. And you only want to believe a lie. So I know we don't have the same father. Oh, I'm helping somebody out in this place. Whether in a marriage. Whether on a job. Whether in your home with the family, if you pouring out your heart and you telling the truth and they still telling you that you are a liar, baby, you better get to work and you better start binding and loosening because you're not going to be able to change them because they're serving Satan. He's the father of all lies. And the only thing you do, you just leave it alone because they don't want to hear what you got to say because they have already come up with their own conclusion. So these lies, it come from Satan and it was coming from the beginning. When we know what God told Adam, Adam was, he was the headship in his own home. God had given him the command. God had put him male in that garden first. Why? Because God need headship. He need leadership. He needs someone in corporations. He needs someone in the home as leadership. He needs someone in the churches as leaders. And it don't have to be man or men. We got women leaders. We got women who are leading as doctors, as lawyers, as engineers. Come on, if God wanted to cut everything out, women wouldn't do nothing but have babies and stay home. Holler somebody. People got it wrong. They, and, and I'm going to tell you, they're taking this virtuous. Uh, I got to go here too. God messed with me this morning, y'all. So he told Adam, the male that he made first. He said, I want you to have headship in your home. So I'm giving you the commandments so you can give to your family. This is how I want them to live. This is how I want a home to be structured. So what Adam did, he got the command. And the enemy knew that he got the command. So the first thing that he did, he went to Eve and said, did God really say? Come on, this is deception. Come on, if he was in the Garden of Eden. Come on, that was in paradise. He'll use anything or anybody to get what he wants. Because he's a liar, he's a deceiver, he's a trickster. So he told Eve, did God really say, come on, how many of us here in our mind when God said, you know, you already healed and you hear the scripture that said he sent his word. He's already healed you. He's already delivered you from whatever you're going through. Immediately the enemy come in and say, why your body still hurt? Why the doctor's report ain't changed? Why you still going through with pain? He's coming in to trick you. He's coming in to twist the word of God because the word of God never changed. He said his word would not come back to him empty. It would not come back to him void. But it's going out to accomplish that which he pleased. That which he sent it to do. And it's going to prosper. It's going to succeed. So we have to know the word so much. And the reason why, because deception is amongst us. So Adam, so once he deceived Eve, the the Bible says that Adam was not deceived. Eve was the one that was deceived that was led into the transgression. Now Eve got tricked 
into it because he twisted the word and she began to look at something and as you begin to look at something come on you're gonna lust after that thing so Eve end up you know eating from that tree but then she just handed it to Adam I'm gonna show y'all the difference when deception come it will beguile you it will trick you and then you'll fall into that temptation But look at Eve. She fell into it because she was tricked and she was deceived. But Adam just took it and ate it. There's a difference, y'all. Because Adam knew what God said. He didn't have to be tricked. He just took it and ate it. How many of us don't have to be tricked? We just fall into lust. Come on, somebody. I'm going to help you out this morning. Some of us, you don't have to trick. Just give them the treat. Some people you got the trick. Why was the woman? Y'all don't get it, men. Why did the woman have to be tricked, but the man didn't? The woman had to be tricked and deceived, but the man just took the fruit. That that speaks volume. So think of a person that you don't have to trick. They just fall into that sin. They fall into adultery and fornication because they say, I don't care. Give it to me. Bring it to me. You got some that don't have to be tricked into gluttony. Eating too much. They just want to eat too much. You don't have to trick me. Just put three pieces of pork chop there. I eat it. I'll show you something. See, a person that's being tricked into gluttony, I use my husband for, for uh, this subject, Brother Willie. Here, here, try it. Here, here, I don't want it. Here, here, try I told you I don't want it. Taste it now, taste it. I told you, man. He may not have tricked me into gluttony, but he bought something out of me that needs some work. Y'all don't get it, do you? Oh, Lord, have mercy. But we always talk about people who go around, sleeping around, but we don't talk about gluttony. Do we? Nobody don't have to trick you into eating all the time. You just do it. Oh, this is so good. Bring me another piece of that cake. You done had two. Shut up and bring me another piece. So look at the difference. Eve was deceived, but Adam just took it. And I want y'all to grab hold of that. Who in this room is just taking it and don't have to be tricked into it? You just saying, I'm grown. I eat what I want, when I want, what I want. I pay for it. Give it him. Nobody don't have to trick me. (laughs) So deception. Knowing the times deception is out here. God showed me this scripture, and if you would bear with me, I want to read it to the fullness. It's Jeremiah 9, 3 through 6. I'm reading an expanded Bible. Check this. They use their tongues like a bow, shooting lies from the mouths like arrows. Let me say that again. They use, bend their tongues like a bow, shooting lies from their mouths like arrows. Lies, not truth, having grown strong in the land. 
They go from one evil thing to another. They do not know who I am, says the Lord. Verse 4. Watch out. Be on guard for your friends. Let me say it again. Watch out. Be on guard for your friends or neighbors. And don't trust, have confidence in your own relatives, your brothers. Because every relative brother is a cheater. And every friend or neighbor tell lies about, go around slandering you. Let me stop right there before I move on. I remember I had taken my son to a daycare. And the daycare I had taken him to loved the daycare. Loved the person who was over the daycare. They were so sweet. And I was saved. Went there one day and I was sitting down with the lady that was over the daycare. And as she began to talk, she was talking about another parent that had a child in the daycare. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit said, I could hear him loudly. If she talked about them, she already talked about you. I got up. I said, I'll see you later. Quick, fast in her. I said, I'll see you later. Sure enough, went to the daycare another time, and I had backed up. And I had hit this lady car. It wasn't bad at all. Remember what I heard. If she talked about her, she'd talk about you. Sure enough, she was talking about me with the lady that I hit. So this is what I'm saying. It's lies all around us. Verse 5. Every, everyone lies to deceives his friend or neighbor. And no one speaks the truth honestly. Oh, let me help you with that No one speaks the truth honestly. We'll go around the truth. Give you an example. Hey, how this look? Oh, it look good. It look good. You told a lie. If I ask you how something look and I'm coming to you and trusting you and know that I can trust you, I want you to tell me the truth honestly. You don't just tell me something thinking that she's going to get mad if I tell her. Now, if I don't ask you and you come to me and tell me, you know, that will look better. I didn't ask you to tell me nothing. This is what I like. This is what fits me. It may not fit you, but it fits me. I don't know if people know me well, and I believe Sister Niece know me well. Sister Niece know what I like and know what I don't like. So if Sister Denise gets something for me, I'm honest with Sister Denise. Am I right, Sister Denise? Why would I waste her money? Thank you. Oh, blessings of the Lord. No, I look at Sister Denise and say, Sister Denise, I, I don't wear that, but I appreciate it. But that's just not me. Oh, let's just stop right here because I feel it in the room. Let me read it again. Everyone lies, deceives his friend or neighbor, and no one speaks the truth honestly. They, the people of Judah, not Judah in here, have taught their tongues to lie, tell falsehood. They have become tired from sinning. They have become tired. We have some tired liars. Listen at verse 6. You, Jeremiah, live in the middle of lies. The people refuse to know me, says the Lord. You, Jeremiah, live in the middle of lies. 
The people refuse to know me, says the Lord. What is God saying? What did you get out of that? You're living in the middle of lies. Deception is all around you. Know your times. When you see people lying more and more and more and looking you in the face and lying to you, know your times. It's time. It's, the Lord is coming. Because people are lying. Come on, when you can look at a husband or wife and say, did you sleep with that woman? No, baby, you're my only baby. You know better than that. Well, who is this? Is that your leg or hers? Baby, they ain't me. You know how they alter pictures. Well, who faces this? Your lie will catch up with you. You can't lie but so long. What's hidden is going to be revealed. You can't keep sweeping something under the rug and thinking it's going to stay under the rug. And I'm hearing it staring you in the face right now. That's why you got to be open. You got to be honest. When people ask you something, if you were grown enough to do it, admit it and quit it. Don't sit there and lie about it. We in the middle of lies. Oh, can I get $20? I ain't got it. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. I do have $20. But at this time, I cannot give it to you. How easy is that? Okay, are we in the midst of deception, people? It's in the church. Can you give ten dollars today can you can you give ten dollars a day no i can't give it a day i ain't come with ten dollars lies but you're leaving head to mickey d's do you see how the enemy come in your house the bible said don't give him a foothold we give him a foothold by deception we bring deception in the church we should we're the church we bring it in the churches. We bring it in the house of the Lord. When somebody asks you something, you don't know how to answer. That's why you have the Holy Spirit and say, help me to answer that accordingly without lying. Point blank. So we're talking about what? Deception, right? Is deception amongst us. It is. But we handle that with what? Truth. We got what we need, so we got to use what we have. Then God took me to 1 Kings 13 again. You don't have to turn down when you get time, read it. There was this prophet that God sent to give a word to Jeroboam. He gave the word to Jeroboam and, you know, things happened in between him, giving the word, dealing with the altar, telling them about Josiah is going to come forth. These are the things that's going to happen. So Jeroboam, when he healed him, when he called on the Lord and he healed him, he said, can you stay here? with me for a while and eat and drink he said I cannot eat or drink in this place and cannot even go back the way which I came he said this is what the Lord told me now when the Lord gives you a word it's final y'all God's word is his final authority I don't care who come to you I don't care if the president of the United States come to you if God has given you a word you stand on what God is saying not what man is saying so there was an old prophet 
that had some sons that the sons went back and told what went on with this prophet. When they told the old prophet, he went and found out where that prophet was. And he went to that prophet and told him, come on back to my house. Come back and eat and drink with me. So he began to tell him the same thing. I cannot eat with you. I cannot drink with you in this place. Cannot even go the same way that I came from. He said, but an angel come to me. And the angel told me to tell you to come to my house. So just because he was a prophet, oh, I'm going somewhere. Every time prophets come somewhere, people are waiting on that prophet to get a word. So he went with the prophet. He sat and ate with him. Then God came upon the prophet with the truth. And that man ended up dying. When that prophet knew that he was a real prophet of God, he said, bury me by him. What am I saying? Deception. When God gives you a word, when you know it is God's word, you do not go away from that word. You stand on that word because God's word is final. You don't go on me or nobody else. You go on what God is saying. But you better know it's God. You don't let no male, you don't let no female, you don't let nobody take the word that God has given you. The enemy is snatching the word because he knows the word brings life and he's about death. This proves that he was about death. So we have to hear God and we have to know what God is saying in these evil times. Deception is running rapid just because somebody is speaking forcefully. And they're spitting out scriptures don't mean they know God. You're going to know by the fruit that they're bringing forth. You're going to know by the life that they're living. Their life is lining up with what the word of God is saying. I'm telling y'all, anytime you standing on the word of God, you're going to be hated because of the word. The enemy does not want you to stand on truth. He's going to bring division in your house. When you're standing on truth and the husband or the wife don't want to hear that truth, it's going to be division in that house because of truth, because the enemy is a liar. He's a murderer. He abode from the truth. It has been proven. This is why whoever you're with, you better make sure they know God for real. You don't want to be around people that can't be honest. You don't. You don't want to be around people that say one thing and do another. When you go to somebody, you go to them because you feel as if you can trust them to tell you what's true. One thing I hate is a liar. I love you with the love of God, but I hate lies. I hate lies. Tell me the truth. And this is why you have strife. This is why you have all of this anger in people. Because if you go into somebody, especially a mate, a spouse, and you asking them something and you want them to be honest with you and they're not being honest with you, then somebody else come out and tell you, you know what? You just nasty. You just, you just, nobody just don't want to be around you. But you just ask your spouse, am I okay? Am I a good person? Now, you know you asked him because you know something really wrong with you anyway. Come on, you got the Holy Spirit to tell you. But you figure you ask somebody and, and by them telling you, no, you're a good person, you're feeling somewhat all right. 
Hello? So you say, oh, I know it ain't me. It must be them. Quit being lying spouses. Tell your mate. There's pride in your life. There's deception there. There's manipulation. There's stubbornness. Tell them what's there. Say, but you can overcome that because it's lying at the door. But you already let it in because it's in the house. But we're here together. We can work on this together. Through the word of God. Oh, y'all, I feel it in the room. We do stuff to keep peace in our house. But what you doing when you rewarding evil for good, evil will not leave your house. I'm going to say it again. When you rewarding evil for good, evil will not leave your house. You got evil in your house. And every morning you praying before God and he said, get it out, get it out. Why did you allow this to come in the house and you know it's evil? Well, you know, my husband is the head up. Head of what? He lose that headship when he ain't in alignment. Come on, somebody. If he's not in alignment, then he lose that. He's not above God, y'all. So you don't have to bow down to that. That's not God's way of doing. But women, we win them over with a good conversation. But how we bring forth that conversation. Sometimes we miss it because we're telling the truth, but it's how we're bringing forth the truth. You can't bring forth the truth in hate. You can't bring it forth that way. You have to bring, speak truth in love, women. But sometimes we say, I got to holler at you because you don't hear a thing I'm saying. That's what I used to tell my husband. I got to holler. Something wrong with your ears. <laughs> and after I do all that hollering, I can't out holler the Holy Spirit. He'd be so humble and so sweet and he let me know, apologize. What? Can't even finish my food without. Let me get myself together. Let me get myself together. When you're not so full of you, it don't take you long to get rid of. Ooh. When you're not so full of you, it don't take you long to get rid of you. Write that down for me, Apostle. When you're not so full of you, it don't take you long to get rid of you. Yes, it is. Thank you. That's why I said write it down. Write it down for me so I can keep it. Do you know why it takes you so long to apologize? Because you're full of you. You know why it takes you so long to say I love you? Because you're full of you. (laughs) When you're so full of you, It's everybody else except you. So you want them to bow down to you. But guess what? You still ain't got over you. And you're going to have the same problem with you. Because it's a pattern. See, God know what to do and he know how to do it. Knowing the times. I'm still talking about knowing the times. We haven't left deception. See, this is why you just don't take a scripture and just leave it. When the scripture is speaking to you. You want to stay right where the scripture is and the position that God has me in, I have to bring forth to you what God is showing me that's in the midst of us. 
So you will know the times. Some people say, I know the times. I know it's soon for him to return, but you ain't done no changing. If you know it's the time, you still run in your mouth. You still angry and anger. There's a root of being angry. You just don't get angry because somebody check you. You don't get angry when somebody asks you a question and you just blow up like a blowfish all of a sudden. There's a root to that anger and it needs to be dealt with because nobody don't want to talk to you because you always blowing up. But why didn't you tell me this? Because you blow up. So I leave it to yourself for you to fall and you blow up. Lord is showing me a blowfish. See, when that thing fall and it get popped, You everywhere now. And that's what's going to bring you to a fall. See, God have to leave you to yourself. When nobody deal with you, nobody talk with you, nobody don't want to be around you. You feel like you in a wilderness all by yourself. Your family don't want to deal with you no more. Your children don't want to deal with you no more. It's just like you in a world all by yourself. And then you still coming up with I ain't done nothing to nobody. You better check yourself. Everybody ain't running for you for no reason. Now, if you're full of Jesus, the Holy Ghost, the power, and you know deep down inside you ain't done nothing, they're going to run anyway. Some of y'all using that for an excuse, but it's your mouth that's getting you in trouble. You don't know how to shut your mouth. Going somewhere else. I thank the Lord for the word of God and I thank the Lord where I can spend time in the word of God because the word will show you yourself and when it starts showing you yourself, you're saying, God, you ain't through yet. Oh, Lord, Lord, how you expect me to deal with all this? It's a lot dealing with self. Psalms 141.3, set a guard, oh Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. Do not incline my heart to any evil thing to practice wicked works with men who work iniquity and do not let me eat of their delicacies. Every day we got to ask God that. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep the doors of my lips. Do y'all don't recognize where you get tried the most at? At home. Single people, even when you by yourself, you getting tried with you. You beating your own self up with you. You in the house talking to your own self. Come on, that's true. So we see deception. Everybody got deception and how we handle deception, we handle it with what? Truth. You shall know the truth. And the truth is what make you free. If you are not free from rejection, if you are not free from strife or envy or anything that's in darkness, it's because you don't know truth. When you know truth, you're going to stand on truth. And little by little, those chains are broken. And people know that change have come. You know how they know that change have come? Because you ain't a busybody no more. You ain't in everybody's affairs. Even when they're holding conversation, you ain't in it. So even if they busybody, you leaving from it. And they're knowing a change has come. The next thing that it said that we can know in the times is 
Wars and Romans of wars. We're seeing them, right? Nations against nations, kingdom against kingdoms, famines, earthquakes in different places. Are we seeing this? In different places. Then it says, and then they'll deliver you up, hand you over to be persecuted and kill you. Are we seeing this in many places? Because of what people believe, they're handing them over, they're being killed. Know the times. You will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. By this, many will fall away. Are we seeing many Christians being hated for his name's sake? Are we seeing many Christians offended? That means they're falling away because they can't take being hated. So they're turning from the faith. This is what's happening. This is how you know if you're in your place with God. No matter how much people hate you, you're not turning from what you believe. You're staying in position. So this is happening. And then it says, there will be more and more evil lawlessness. People will stop showing their love for one another. Love of many will grow cold. Are we seeing this? People are growing cold when it comes to love. And people who keep their faith, keep your faith. Those that keep their faith will endure to the end and be saved. What does that say from the wrath to come? I'm going to get there. See, when you look at the word of God, the ones that are truly saved, that are keeping their faith, they're going to be saved from the wrath to come. Now I'm going a little bit further. When we look at knowing the times, when you go into Matthew 25, it's right after 24, where Jesus is talking about these times and what's, hate, what's, what's happening. He said that the elect would even be fooled. But, Check this out. When you go to 25, he's talking about the versions, talking about the 10 versions. And these 10 versions, they had um, lamps and they had oil in them and they were waiting for the bridegroom. And let me break this down. What was happening, it was a bride. They had celebrations at the bride house. Now it was time for the bridegroom to come get his bride. So what they had to do, they had torches and these torches were soaked in oil and this oil that they had the torches soaked into was burning, right? They had it burning, but they did not know the time that the bridegroom was coming. So they had to bring more oil just in case the bridegroom was delayed, right? So when the they went to sleep, the ones that the five foolish and the five wise went to sleep, both of them went to sleep. Both of them was waiting on the bridegroom. They heard a loud cry, the bridegroom, the bridegroom is coming. Both of them woke up, right? When they woke up, the five wise took their torches with their oil in their lamps to meet the bridegroom. But the other foolish did not have no oil. They had a torch over there celebrating. But when it was time for the bridegroom to come, I want y'all to grab hold to it. They wasn't prepared, so they went to the ones that were prepared and said, give me some of your oil. They say, no, you got to go out and you got to go buy some from the ones that's selling the oil. Check this out, y'all. Y'all know the ones that's selling the oil. It's supposed to be the evangelists. It's supposed to be all of us that's proclaiming the good news and the gospel. Check this out. 
So this is what they did. They went to go get the oil, but by the time they got back, they were already at the bridegroom's house for the next celebration. And they shut the door, so they knocked on the door, and they could not come in. Why? Because they wasn't ready. Let me wrap it up of what Jesus was saying. The oil is the Holy Spirit. You have some in the church that's professing Jesus Christ, but they have not really accepted him. So when the call is coming for the bridegroom to come, which is Jesus, they're going to be left behind because you got churches with some that's not saved and some that's saved, but some is professing salvation and they're not because the Holy Spirit... Is not indwelling. And that's your new identity. Of being in Christ. We can't have mixed multitudes in church. Either you're for him or you're not. When that door closed. You cannot get in. Because you had time. To prepare yourself. You had time for the coming. Of the Lord. Now y'all let me tell you how hilarious this is. I was out yesterday shopping in Sam's and when I was shopping, I saw a lady and she said, hey, Pastor Brian, y'all know how you do. Sometimes we lie and say, we know you know we don't. Did not lie. She said, you know me? I'm like, "Mm, no. She said, you don't remember me? I know your family. I know your family. I'm like, yep, but I don't know you. So she began to say, she said, I be listening to you. She said, I went to a funeral and you taught on Matthew 25. You taught about those 10 virgins and I never heard that before. And that was such a, and I said, you all in my message for tomorrow. Look at you, God. So people watch you. They watch what you do and they watch how you do it. And people watch you to the extent that they'll say, why are you hanging with that one? And that ain't who you are. Why are you still hanging with somebody that don't want to be equally yoked? So the door was shut. They couldn't come in. So we got to know the signs of time. God said the church need to wake up. We need to get in the getting. We need to be doing what we have been commissioned to do. Because look, I just went over those and you can tell. People say, y'all always talking about the coming of Jesus Christ. He ain't got here yet. He's already here. We talking about if he's in you, he's here because he's trying to get you ready to go there. Because there's going to be a tribulation and then there's going to be a great tribulation. Because when you look in Matthew 24, after he's given the times of him coming to be ready now it's the tribulation because the rapture done took place see when you don't know how that bible is what that bible is saying you put all that together but the other part of that is the tribulation and you don't want to be here in the tribulation because he's going to rapture up the church those who died in christ is going to be raptured up first you're going to meet them in the air But the ones like the foolish virgins that were not really saved, they're going to be left behind in the tribulation. And you're going to experience some wrath that you never, come on somebody, you're going to be in the midst of that wrath. That's God's wrath. And the church is asleep because you think you okay. 
You think you're okay and you keep doing what you're doing. You keep acting a fool. Yeah, I said it. Oh, I'm okay. Because I'm going to miss hell. But your lifestyling adding up. If you okay, you're going to have some fruit to show you okay. You ain't going to want that bottle no more. You ain't going to want that smoke no more. Come on, your flesh may want it, but you saying, I can't have it. And you may keep smoking, but after a while, you're going to put it down because you a changed person. You don't have to tell me to preach it. Because I'm going to do that anyway. And that's why I'm hated. That's why people watch but don't want to come in. But God can give you a word right over the airways. Quit doing your mess. Come out from amongst them. Be ye separate. I'm scared to come up in there. She tell you about yourself. You already know about yourself. God is just reminding you of what the word is saying. And you so ashamed that you want to duck and dodge. People better know what they're sitting up under. It ain't about all this uh, having all this and having all that drawing the crowd. And every time you look, somebody got something to draw a crowd. To make it look so fabulous in the church. And the only thing we're supposed to be doing is the commission. We're supposed to be raising up disciples. That's what the fivefold is supposed to do. Not trying to go out there and pull in this and pull in that. See me, hear me, be attached to me. Oh, we're going to have this kind of party. Oh, we're going to do this right here in the church. Why we don't do like other churches? Because I ain't them other churches. Because after a while, that grow cold. Oh, I'm going there. Go with me to Revelations 3, verses 1 through 6. Let's talk about it. Can I hear somebody to say, talk about it? Greg said, tell it. I'm going to do my best, Brother Greg. With the help of the Holy Ghost. We're going to tell nothing but the truth. Nothing but. So we look at Revelation 3. Look what was happening. It says, Amplified, Classic Edition. And to the angel, the messenger, that's the pastor. They call them angels of the church. You know how somebody will call me an angel of this house? That's where that comes from, just in case. Of the assembly, church in Sardis, right. These are the words of him who has the seven spirits of God, the sevenfold Holy Spirit and the seven stars. Listen at this. I know your record and what you are doing. You are supposed to be alive, but in reality, you're dead. Some churches look alive, look like they're having stuff going on, going on, but God said they're dead. This is how... Let me tell you how you recognize a dead church. A dead church is a church that keep doing what they're doing and think they're so alive, but the Holy Spirit been gone and they're still doing it. Still doing it. Still doing the same stuff and think he's in the midst of it. Uh-uh. No, that ain't. Uh-uh. 
See, this is why I say everything you do need to come from the heart. It need to, see, anybody can teach. A good liar can teach, and it sounds good. But people that are not in the spirit on the Lord's day will take that lie and go out and spread it, and they ain't what God is saying. This is why you have to feed. Never, when somebody tells you something, keep it to yourself. Don't you go out and say nothing. People dead and they still living. Y'all, they dead. They dead as a doorknob. I'm here to tell you they dead. They said they died on the same. What? Yeah, they dead. Hello? Apostle, they said they dead, honey. Let's, 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 let's pray. Maybe we can raise them up. By the spirit of the Holy Ghost. So we up there praying to raise the dead up and they ain't dead. Because I took the lie and took it to her and she's agreeing with me. So she with me too. Then, then when they raise him up for us not to look foolish. Look what God has done. Then somebody come back and say they never was dead. Uh-huh. You cannot take what somebody say to be truth. Wait on it. So that say that church is really dead. And it say rouse yourself. And keep awake and strengthen and invigorate what remains and is on the point of dying. For I have not found a thing that you have done, any works of yours, meeting the requirements of my God, are perfect in his sight. All that hard work for nothing. So call to mind the lessons you received and heard. It's not like they didn't receive it and it's not like they didn't hear it continually lied them to heart and obeyed them and repent. Look at God giving them another chance. In case you will not rouse yourself and keep awake and watch, I will come upon you like a thief and you will not know or suspect at what hour I will come. Yet you still have a few persons, names in Sardis, who have not soiled their clothes and they shall walk with me in white because they, they are worthy and deserving. Thus shall he who conquers is victorious be clad in white garments and I will not erase or blot out his name from the book of life. I will acknowledge him as mine and I will confess his name openly before my father and before his angels. He who is able to hear it, let him listen and heed what the Holy Spirit says to the assemblies, the churches. We have churches out there. This is what he's talking about. They think they're alive, but they're dead. Just because they're singing well, just because they're preaching well, just because they're having all of these events, everybody is showing up, just because they have all the money in the bank, God said, you are dead. It's time to strengthen yourselves. See, God is bringing this word because he don't want nobody to be left behind. And people take offense when things are being proclaimed like this. The offense that they take that the enemy says to them. Oh she think her church ain't done nothing wrong. Oh she think her church is living perfectly. Oh she thinks she's all this and that and a bag of chips. No I know who I am. And when I do wrong I get it right. Because ain't nobody perfect except in your spirit. I'm saying that when you know you're wrong just be wrong. But turn around and get what's wrong right don't let your 
good be evil spoken of. This is why you don't hang around. Listen, some of y'all tell me, that's my friend. A friend will not hang around you knowing that they don't want to change. Just say, you know what? I'm not going to mess up what you have with God because I'm not ready to change. So we just need to not hang no more. Because I'm tired of trying to make myself look a certain way in front of you. And that's just not me yet. I appreciate what you've given me, but I don't want it. You need to separate. That's a true friend. They're telling you, but some of us want to hang with people just because they look good. Or just because of what they have to make you look good. The more you get into the word... You're going to see what's right and what ain't right. The more your heart is turned towards God, you're going to see what's messed up in your house and what need to be changed in your house. Sometimes we blame it on the husband and it's the wife. Sometimes the wife blaming on the, what husband blaming on the wife and it's the husband. So if we spend our time in the word of God, we can unite Because the husband got something from the wife and the wife got something for the husband. Okay, Holy Spirit, I'm going to go there. You're my helper. Go back with me to 1 Timothy chapter 2. I'm going to hit something. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, when I went to verse 14... And it says, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. Let me tell you why I went here. You know, everybody's using this scripture to say a woman should not preach. You got to know the times that they were in and what was happening in this church and why Paul was bringing what he was bringing. See, dealing with Timothy, Timothy was in a time where people were getting martyred, where they couldn't even come in with truth or they would be killed. That's why in 2 Timothy, when it says, for God did not give you the spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind, Paul encouraged him because Timothy was actually afraid of what was going on in that time. So when you hear, hear, hear about Um, women shouldn't preach. What was happening is people were coming in there, giving them false doctrine, deceiving them, telling them about a woman shouldn't preach because there was a woman in the church that was actually dominating a man, dominating that man, taking control of that man, what that man was doing, what that man was saying. It was violence dealing with that woman. By that woman doing that, Paul had to set it in order and let them know Adam came before Eve. Letting them know how headship would be. He was not saying that a woman could not preach or a woman could not teach. He was saying at the setting, the time that they were in, check that woman. And this is how women should adorn themselves because it was women that was looking like prostitutes. Looking like they shouldn't look and in the church. So Paul was saying, if you don't go in your word and get revelation and understand what God is saying, come on, because you had Aquila and Priscilla. They were having church in their home. The wife was doing the same thing as the husband, but they were working together as a team. 
You got to know the difference. That's why Paul broke it down about the man was formed before the woman. People took it out of, they took it the wrong way. So when you don't understand, you need to hush. And I'm pretty sure that if a woman don't supposed to preach, I don't think Miracle Temple would have made it 23 years. I'm pretty sure that through all the ups and downs, financially, spiritually, physically, all of it, it wouldn't happen, Captain. You better know who you up under and you better know what's being taught. Things are being taught man's way instead of God's way. And if you don't have it by revelation, you need to be quiet. Don't just jump and get something because it make you feel good. You got to go search the scripture. You got to know what God is saying over all. If you don't know what he's saying over all and you give wrong information, it's a spirit of deception. It's a spirit of error. So somebody that God is, has ordained to come in and speak, they're going to turn that spirit of error around and lose the spirit of truth. This is what we're going through in this evil world. So follow the times, not following them to be scared, but follow them to be ready. Every day we should have our bags packed, prepared, just as if he's coming today. That means I got to check myself. I got to say, God, is there anything in my heart? Is there anything that's wrong that I need to get right? Not meaning that I'm going to hell, but it means when I stand before you, it's going to be based on if I get a crown. It's going to be based on how I'm be judged before him. So I want God to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Because God's going to ask you about every idle word that you spoken that was non-productive. Can you imagine... Lord, don't even lie. I don't remember that one. Lying in heaven. (laughs) Now that's a shame. Just say, I humbly submit myself to you. And this is why I said what I said to Thea. Didn't have time to get it right. You took me out before then. (laughs) We know what we're going to say before we say it, y'all. Go back with me to Romans and let's close this out. Okay. I'm going to read this again. Go to 13. Okay, we're going to go to 12. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off. Who got to do it? Let us cast off the work of what? Darkness, And let us put on the armor of light. You got to have on your full armor. If you got on your full armor, it's going to cast off darkness. Every day you're supposed to have on that armor. Because it's going to cast off darkness. It said, let us walk properly as in the day, not in rivalry and drunkenness. Not in lewdness and lust. Not in strife and envy. Y'all, the word is telling us. We know what to do. The problem is we choose not to do it. And even if you're not in your Bible, you know what's right and you know what's wrong. You know when you offended someone. You know when you said something that was not right. And even though they didn't catch it, you caught it. So you want to go back to that person to close the door, not give the enemy a foothold. Why? Because if it's three people in a room, 
You got two witnesses. And if that person didn't catch what you said, believe it or not, that other person going to say, did you hear what they said? Hear what? I ain't paid that no attention. Then they're going to tell you. That's why I advise you. The Holy Spirit, he's a quickening spirit. He's going to quicken you and say, call them. Call them and tell them what you meant by what you said. Get it right. You got to get it right because just the other day I heard something. And when I heard it, I was like, what, 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 what? All of a sudden, I looked and I said, wait a minute, that ain't right. And I told my husband, I said, that's not how it was. Cleared it up right then. Holy Spirit jumped. Y'all, we have the Holy Spirit. He'll jump on it so you won't be offended, so you won't get all, you know, hyper and all with anxiety and all of this he'll clear it up just that quick if you let him do it if you calm down how many people tell you when an accident calm down or any anything go just calm down why you can hear better you can hear what they're saying to you calm down you got to calm down you just got to calm yourself and just calm, everything's gonna be all right calm yourself how many hear that If you be calm, be anxious for nothing, but through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests made known unto God. And then the peace of God that passes all understanding will what? Guard your heart and your mind. Your heart and mind got to be guarded by who? Christ Jesus. So we need to awake church. We need to wake up. Anything that we're doing that you know that's not right, you need to get it right. And the only way you can do it is through the word. Don't worry about if a person never come to you and say they're sorry. You handle what you know is right. Because they may not know like you know. So you want to do what's right. Regardless if they never do what's right, you done your part. And then you want to pray for them and say, God, open up their eyes. Allow them to see what you would have them to see. Allow them to do what you would have them to do. And God, I take authority over that spirit of offense in their life right now in the name of Jesus. We have that right. God has given us that authority over the spirit, but not over that person. And if that person don't want to listen to you, give God glory because you've done what God told you to do. Church, now is the time for us to wake up out of our sleep. Come on and give God glory. And I want to say today, through hearing what God has brought in this house, none of us in this room have anything to be ashamed of. Because all of us have done something, we have said something that we should not have done or should not have said. But I want to ask you today, have you truly, truly accepted Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior? And if you can say yes to that, the next question is, how do you know? How do you know that you have truly accepted him as your Lord and Savior? Because there should be a change. There should be a change in your life. You know some of the things that you do, you don't do no more. And for the changes to keep occurring, it has to be you getting in the word of God. You have to go in the word of God to renew your mind.
Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will know what the good and perfect will of God is for your life. If you are born again, it takes the word of God to keep you, y'all. Listen to what I'm saying. It takes, not your job. Your job cannot keep you. Your job will fail you. Your husband or your wife cannot keep you. They will fail you. Your children cannot keep you. They will fail you. Man cannot keep you, but this word can. When they fail you, the Bible says, when my mother and my father fail me, God will lift me. He will pick me up. See, you got to understand, we cannot put our faith in man. We can't put our trust in man. We have to put our trust in God. So when something happens, we can trust him more than we're trusting that person or that situation. Amen? Amen. To God be the glory. Do we have any visitors? Thanks for watching Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, where miracles happen. You can join us each week on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern for church service and on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern for Bible study. For upcoming events, teachings, and ways to contact us and more, you can visit us on the web at www.mtdm.org. You can also give a donation by clicking the Donation tab. God bless you, and we will see you next week.